Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, podcast number 371, when do you pay the taxes on a Roth IRA conversion to avoid any penalties? Was it a mistake to convert to Roth? What percentage of your assets should be in tax-free, tax-deferred, and taxable accounts to give maximum flexibility? And finally, do Roth conversions count as income toward your eligibility to contribute to a Roth, and how will a pension be taxed? Those will be with a special guest, so stick around. In the meantime, I'm producer Andy Last with the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. And it's your money questions that make YMYW a show. So send them in to us. Visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air. And send us an email or a priority voice message like this one. Hi, Andy, Joe, and Big Al. I'm John from Atlanta. I'm 62 years old, and I love listening to your uh, broadcasts and podcasts. Thank you very much for educating so many folks. And uh, my question today is regarding paying the taxes on Roth conversions. Uh, I am retired, and I intend to do annual Roth conversions to the top of the 24% bracket. And for me, that's going to be a couple hundred thousand a year. And I hear different financial planners talking about the timing of paying the taxes, whether those need to be paid immediately, paid in the quarter in which you take the conversion, paid in the calendar year. And now lately I've heard a few financial planners say it's okay to wait until April 15th of the following year to pay the taxes. So I'm just trying to figure out whether there would be a penalty if you don't pay the taxes in the calendar year that you do the conversion. Thanks. Cool. Uh, thanks, John. Uh, appreciate the phone call or phone message. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. And, and it relates to, we all know that we do in a Roth conversion, you're taking money out of an IRA, you're converting it to a Roth. You have to pay tax on what you convert. That's the bad news. The good news is it grows tax-free forever. So interest income, Dividends, principal is tax-free forever. Growth is tax-free for you, your spouse, your future beneficiaries, kids, grandkids, whatever. So, but then there's the question of when do you pay the tax, right? And so there's two simple rules. I'll, I'll, I'll go over quickly and then I'll, then I'll get into it a little bit more. Uh, there's two ways to avoid penalty when you owe taxes. One is to have paid in 100% of last year's tax. So you look at your tax on the on last year and have you paid in enough through withholding to cover that um, or 110% if you're over 150,000. So that's one 150,000 of income or 150,000 in tax? 150,000 of income. Got it. Okay. And then, but the other way, which is probably more relevant for most people that are retired and doing Roth conversions is you have to make estimated payments in the current year. And you have to make enough estimated payments to cover 90% of your tax by the time April 15th rolls around. So the, the, the standard rule is you pay those quarterly. You pay the first quarter in April, April 15th, then June 15th, then September 15th, then January 15th of the following year. You pay one quarter of the tax each time. Now then there's a question, well, what if I do the Roth conversion in November, December? December. Yeah. Well, how did I know what the tax was? And so here, that the way that you do it, there's something called the annualization method, which basically says that you have to start paying the tax in the quarter where you have the income, right? So maybe you made your normal estimated payments in the first quarter and second quarter and third quarter. In the fourth quarter, you did a Roth conversion, your income goes way up. Then you have to pay that extra tax or at least 90% of it 
by the fourth quarter estimate, which is January 15th. So for most people that are retired, you're already paying estimated payments, or, or if you haven't, you're going to have to when you have extra income like this. If you do your Roth conversion in January, February, March, then you just have to pay one quarter of the tax payment, one, two, three, and four. Sounds good. Um, great question, John. You get that quite a bit. No one likes to. Yeah. And there's a lot of confusion in it because it, it, if, if now, if you had enough withholding, like let's say you're working and, and you had, and you retired, right? So you had a whole bunch of withholding uh, or maybe you retired during the year. You had a whole bunch of withholding that covered last year's tax. And then you do a Roth conversion, right? At year end, you might not have to pay until April 15th, as long as you had a hundred percent of last year's tax paid in. But when you're retired, that seems less likely. God, I just got really tired. <laughs> You might want to skip the, skip the next question then, because it's basically uh, the same question. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hot. Let's go for it. <laughs> this is so boring. <laughs> I converted 100K from my traditional IRA to a Roth IRA on 10th of January, 2022. The conversion falls in my 24% tax bracket, so I owe Uncle Sam 24000 in taxes. I've yet to pay these taxes and want to avoid any penalties since I'm going to pay the taxes from the traditional IRA funds. Um and the market is currently not doing so well. I prefer to wait until later in the year before I pay them, but am concerned about potential penalties for late payments of taxes. Can I pay the 24,000 plus the tax from the additional withdrawal to pay them on December 31st, 2022? Do I have to make quarterly payments or do I have to pay the $24,000 right now? That's uh, Luis from Plant City, Florida. I looked that up to see if it was true. And it is actually a place and it's outside of Tampa. Yeah. Plant City. Yep. It's a great place. You know about it? Oh, since sure. you, you used to live in Florida. I know. Love Plant City. Yeah. So, uh, Luis, the, the answer is since you did the conversion on in January, you got to pay one quarter of the tax, just like we talked about in, in your first estimate. Then your second estimate, you do one quarter. So in other words, $6,000 a quarter, 6,000 April 15th, 6,000 June 15th, then September 15th, then January 15th of 2023. That's what you're supposed to do. If you don't do that, then you get charged interest. And the IRS charges a 3% interest rate, which isn't all that bad. So let's, let's say, what if you didn't do the April payment and you waited all the way till you filed your return the following year? Well, that's $6,000 at 3% for one year. So that's 180 bucks. So it's, it's, it's not nothing, but it's also not, it's not a game changer, right? So I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. The second payment in June, if you don't pay that one on time, then it's 10 months at 3%. So maybe that's 150 or 160, something like that. Yeah, I, I guess a, a couple of things is that what concerns me about his question is he must be 100% equities, yes. right? And he's converting up to the 24% tax bracket. And yes. he's also taking money out of his retirement account to pay the tax. That concerns me too. So there's, you know, so there's a, a few red flags here that Luis is doing. Usually when you convert, you need to have money set aside outside of your retirement plans accounts because you want to use that to get the maximum amount of the Roth. A better way to do this would have been to convert, let's say 75,000, right? If you had to pay the tax out of your IRA, and the other 25,000 goes to the government. So you're, you've already done it. So a, a few things to look at here is, so he converts 100,000, the market tanks. And he's like, well, I don't want to sell any of the shares and, right. and take the distribution and pay the tax on shares at our lower price. 
because uh, it's a double whammy, right? So he's down, let's say, 10% on the stock price. Then he takes it out. He's got to pay 24% tax on that. I mean, if you add all of this up, this conversion cost him a lot more than the 24% tax bracket. Yes, agreed. Because just the tax on the 24000 that he has to take out is what, 6000 bucks. Well, you add that to the yeah. twenty four, And that'll be taxed at 33%. Yeah, depending <laughs> on... Next bracket. Right. right. So be careful when, you, when you're doing this. You, you want to make sure that you understand, okay, well, if he has no other assets and he has millions of dollars in a retirement account, you know, then it might make sense because you have to look at what your effective tax rate is because pulling money out of a retirement account to pay the tax on the conversion could be a great idea or it could be an awful idea if you don't really understand the numbers. Right. Right. And I would say for the majority of people, do not pay the tax out of your IRA. It's, yeah. it's not, it's, it's, it's generally a pretty poor idea. Yes, I would say there majority. Are, there are exceptions. If, yeah, the majority is right. Right. Because uh, and look at it like this. If if I paid, simple math, $100,000, 24% of that. Yeah. Right. So I owe $24,000. So I pull another $24,000, assuming that $24,000 stays in that bracket. Right. So then I pay 24% on that 24, 24 grand. Yeah. Right. So what is that about? Another six grand. Yeah, six grand. Yeah. So he's paying $30,000. Right. So then- the hundred thousand dollar conversion cost him thirty thousand dollars in tax. So if he's assuming he's in the twenty four percent tax bracket, he's actually paying at a thirty yeah, percent rate. But then he has to pay twenty four percent of the six thousand that he withdrew to pay the tax on the twenty four. Exactly. So you got to pay tax on the tax <laughs> that you withdraw to pay the tax. To pay the tax. And actually, it's the thirty three percent bracket now. So right, the the, the tax man will will get you. Uh, so we congratulate you for trying to do some proactive planning to put yourself in a lot better position, but sometimes the planning that people are doing actually hurts them than, than helps them. Is this the right time for you to do a Roth conversion? Go to the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click get an assessment to schedule a free financial assessment with one of the experienced financial professionals on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors. Pure Financial is a fee-only fiduciary. They don't sell you investment products. They will give you a professional assessment of your entire financial picture, and they'll help you make decisions that can have a huge impact on your retirement future. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app, then click get an assessment to schedule your one-on-one -on -one video meeting at a date and time that works for you. Ask your money questions right here. Go to yourmoneywealth.com. Click on Ask Joe and Al on the air, and we will answer them uh, when we get around to them. So we got, hey, Joe, Big Al, I drive a 2020 Nissan Altima and drink Bush Light. Oh, Bush Light. Not at the same time. Of course not. Oh. I'm glad he clarified. Yeah. Benjamin writes in from Fargo, North Dakota. Knew it was Midwest. <laughs> because of the bush light? Bush light. Yeah. I, I don't even know where you get that. I guess in the Midwest. Oh, my God. <laughs> Went to my aunt's <laughs> funeral. And it's That's like, what they have? Oh, yeah. Parking lot full of coolers of bush light. Yeah. In the parking lot of the church of the funeral. Okay. That's well. <laughs> <laughs> that's my family got it so I, i'm all too familiar with uh, you, you like bush light uh yeah it's like a course light it's similar huh somewhat cheap yeah right They're very cheap it'll fit your it'll fit your budget fits the budget it fits the budget just fine <laughs> is that as good as paps blue ribbon or not as good um it's a lot lighter than paps it is you okay. go bush heavy got it you know, okay i haven't seen that in a while got it um or hams ham oh yeah i remember hams yeah, yeah. so 
Um, yeah, I would rather have a PBR than a than a bush light. Got it. So. Okay. All right. My wife and I are both four years old. Uh, we make two hundred fifteen and between two hundred fifteen and two hundred thirty-five thousand dollars a year, and are always on the border, uh, being able to ch- contribute to Roth IRAs because of our income. Uh, we save thirteen thousand or thirteen percent of our income for retirement. Uh, combined, we have three hundred fifty thousand dollars in traditional IRAs, two hundred k in Roths. 130,000 in a taxable brokerage account, 120,000 in my 401k. I have the option to contribute to my 401k in a traditional or Roth. A couple of questions for you. Should I start contributing to my Roth 401k or to the traditional 401k or a combination? How do you calculate that? And then an ideal situation, what percentage would be in Roth, traditional IRAs, in taxable accounts to give you the most flexibility in retirement? Love the show. Wish it was more than once a week. Thank you, Benjamin. Um, great questions here. Where do we start? I yeah. mean, we could get super scientific. I know. Right? It, it's the, the real answer is kind of complicated. It's <laughs> very complicated. Let's try to make it simple if we can. Um, okay. So the, the real simple t- terms is this. Is, is here's my real life um, suggestion. Okay. Or just talking. Right? Yeah, talking points. Yes. Is... Yeah, maybe this is what you would do. This is what I would do. Okay. Right. Um, and I don't make anywhere near the big bucks that Ben makes. <laughs> yeah, we're just in radio. It doesn't pay that well. No, not even that. It's just a junky podcast. <laughs> uh, no offense, Andy. Sorry. Thanks. A great podcast. It's just the two hosts. It's the two of us. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're still waiting for the new host to come in. Yeah, we are. All right. Um, so here's what I would do is that I would go 100% Roth. You're 40 years old. You're not going to miss the tax that you're paying today. And what I mean by that is this, is that if you put money, real simple example, if you think of it like this, and maybe hopefully this, this can clear it up once and for all, but you're going to, but CPAs, not CPAs, Alan, because he's a CPA, has a different opinion sometimes because he gets granular in the numbers. But I think we both agree that over time, you're 40 years old and you're saving a ton of money and he's saving 13% of his income. So um, what is that? 13%. um, So he's saving like $26,000 a year. Okay. So he saves $25,000 a year. And let's assume that he goes all pre-tax. Right. And I'm just going to put a 25% tax bracket, even though that doesn't exist, but I know the math. He owes around $6,000 in tax. I mean, he, he saved $6,000 in tax. You put $26,000 in, in, hey, in, a, a, tra- in a traditional, in a traditional 401k yep. plan, yep. right? You get the tax deduction and boom, you, you, you save $6,000. So now let's say that $26,000 grows to $260,000, right? Right. And you pull that money out. You have to pay tax, right? Sure. And he's a pretty good saver, right? Sounds like it. Yeah. He's got quite a bit of money saved at 40 years old. They make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, right? He's got what, three, four, five, six, seven, almost a million dollars saved at 40. Right. Pretty good. Very good. Right. Great. So he, that $26,000 grows to 260,000, let's say over the next 20 some odd years. And then he pulls the money out at the same exact tax bracket. So the $6,500 savings that he got today, he's going to have to pay that back to the IRS. 
And he's going to have to pay it in spades because every single dollar of growth is going to be taxed. So he pulls the 260 out. He's going to owe 65,000 in taxes, assuming the same tax bracket, right? It's my math somewhat good. Yeah, no, that that's right. Although it's probably not going to be two sixty. That would be quite a well. Sure, I, I'm just uh, <laughs> call it a hundred. Okay, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he has to pay the tax deduction he do, he back. Does. He, does. he has to take the right. So if you're going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement, which a lot of people are, don't get me wrong. Most people are in a lower tax bracket in retirement, but not the people that listen to this show because they save money. Most yep. people don't have a, a, a. I was going to say they don't have a dime. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a bush light to drink. Right. So I, I agree with you. And, and plus, and here's maybe a little bit more color the way I think about it. So you're in the 24% bracket. That's, that's actually a decent bracket. That's, um, that, that's probably lower than you will be potentially even in retirement, probably will be in, probably in retirement, you'll be in what will be the 25% bracket. So you're not losing anything there. The fact that you're 40, you have all this time for this to grow tax-free. And I do agree with you, Joe, when, when people get the tax deduction and save an extra six grand or whatever the number is, they by and large spend it. And, and so if, if it's out of sight, out of mind, growing tax-free, I think in most cases, you're going to be in a better spot for people that save. Now, completely opposite. If you don't save- And you need every dollar and every- then, then do the tax deduction. You're not going to be in that high bracket anyway, because you're not saving that much. So these are for people that are saving where their required minimum distribution is going to be high in the future. Right. Or, or their, their living expenses might be higher, or maybe they're, they're not really big spenders, but they're big savers. Right. So the, the technical answer to get to his other question is how much money should I have in Roth versus 401k versus blah, 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 blah. To, to map this out, you would want to look at, okay, you still want to take advantage of the standard deduction or whatever your schedule A is, because all of that money coming out of a retirement account is going to be sheltered by that standard deduction. So you don't want to have everything 100% in Roth IRAs or brokerage accounts. You still want to have money in a 401k or IRA to take that tax deduction, but you don't want to overdo it. And without really spreadsheeting this whole thing out, it's 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 impossible to answer the question on like a show like this. It is because you got to look at your fixed income and what your income brackets are. And, and ideally, you would have enough in an IRA so that when you take your required minimum distributions, you stay in the lowest bracket. Yep. I mean, that would be ideal. Perfect. Uh, we got David writes in from California. He says, thank you for such an informative and helpful show. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, my question is about Roth conversions. My wife and I were fortunate to have converted all of our retirement accounts to Roths back in the financial crisis. Those are worth about a million dollars now. Since then, I switched jobs and rolled my 401k into a rollover IRA that is now worth 700,000 bucks. I also have $100,000 inherited IRA. And my wife and I each have traditional IRAs made with non-deductible contributions worth 65K with a $45,000 of basis. Our, our accountant <clears throat> in early 2021 recommended a Roth conversion of our non-deductible IRAs ahead of possible higher tax rates. Was that a good idea? We are in the top bracket. It will be there for at least the next four years. I had expected the taxable amount to be 20K for each of us based on our non-deductible contributions. Is that correct? Or does our $700,000 rollover IRA, all pre-tax, need to get factored in? 
which would boost the taxable amount. It turns out we never included that $700,000 rollover IRA in our form 8606. Was this a mistake? Thank you for your wisdom and advice, David. Um, There's a lot here. Yeah, there is. So, so they converted everything back in the financial crisis. Right. So that would have been 2008, 2009. They were like, okay, we're going to roll this into Roth IRAs. They got good advice back then. And good good for them. Yeah. Awesome. So now they have a million dollars or so worth of Roth IRAs. Uh, He switched his job. He rolled over his 401k into a 700 uh, that's in an IRA that's worth 700k. So he has non-deductible IRAs. So what a non-deductible IRA is, is that just how it sounds? You, you put money into a retirement account, but you make too much money to take the tax deduction. So you have basis. That basis will never be taxed again. It's not going to be double taxed. Right. Most um, people that put money into an IRA or 401k receive the tax deduction. So everything comes out 100% taxable. For those of you that listen to the show, you know all about the back door and the barn door and the garage door, you know, Roth conversion strategies. So that is a non-deductible IRA. So he had a non-deductible IRA of $45,000 is what his contributions were. $65,000 is what it's worth. So if he would have converted that IRA, he would have paid taxes on $20,000 of income even though $65,000 went into the Roth IRA. Sure. But he didn't do that. And then he rolled over the $700,000 401k into an IRA. So he's asking us, what the hell does this mean now? Yeah. And so now he's got the pro rata rules and aggregation and everything else. So, so what it means now is using your numbers, your IRAs are worth $765,000 and you have to aggregate them together. That's the aggregation rule. Then you look at the basis of both of them together. That's 45,000, right? So that's about seven, 8%, 6%, 6%. Okay. So it's 6%. So if you do a conversion right now of a hundred thousand, let's just say only $6,000 will be tax-free. The other 94,000 will be fully taxable. So that's not a great answer unless you're in a real low bracket, but it says you're in the highest bracket possible. So I think a better, if you, if you have a company right now that has a 401k, Gosh, maybe you could take your $700,000 IRA, roll it into the IRA. Then you take your $65,000 IRA, try to roll that to the 401k, and they won't take after-tax money. You'll be left with an IRA with $45,000 in it. Then you can convert it, and there's no tax to pay. That would be the smartest thing. Right. And let me repeat that. So, David, if you have a job that has a 401k, roll the IRA of $700,000, the rollover IRA that you did from your previous job of a 401k, move that into a 401k because 401ks, they don't include in the pro rata rule. Right. So then if you converted your 65,000, you would only pay $20,000 of tax or $20,000 of taxable income. Sure. But Al said, you know what, there's do something better try to roll the whole $65,000 into your 401k plan at at your new employer. 401k plans will not accept after-tax contributions. They will accept the $20,000 of growth. So then you can only move the 20 grand in and you're left with an IRA of 45,000. That's your basis. You take that $45,000 of basis, you convert it into the Roth and there's zero tax paid. So instead of getting... 
6% tax-free, you could get 100% tax-free by doing two extra steps. Right. And you've already got a million dollars in a Roth. Uh, and so, and you're going to be in a high bracket the next four years. I don't know what happens out in four years. Are you retiring? Will you be in a lower bracket? Maybe that's when you think about converting some of the money that will be in your 401k. Yeah. Um, so has David made any mistakes at this point? Well, he rolled his 401k into an IRA and he didn't convert this, the, the non-deductible. Well, he's making non-deductible contributions. He's filling out the 8606 form. Right. And he already did conversions in the past. I'm like, David, what, what happened? Did you fall asleep at the wheel here? I mean, what, why wouldn't he be converting those after-tax contributions? Yeah, they should happen immediately. They should happen immediately. He should, he should have been doing that all along. But for some reason... It, unless he's had this 700000 in IRA for a long time. I, but it doesn't seem it, like it. Yeah, it doesn't appear that way because it seems like, all right, well, here, I, I rolled over my 401k into an IRA. So now... Yeah. So it's not that big a deal, but it can be fixed if he's got a current 401k, meaning that he could roll his current IRAs into the 401k. He'd be left with a $45,000 IRA with, with basis. He can convert that and pay no tax. That would be the smart thing to do currently. As far as whether you screwed up the form 8606, that, that's the IRS form where you, you show your basis in IRAs. Uh, you know, theoretically, you should have put seven hundred thousand as as, you, as part of your total IRAs, but it's it's not that big a deal. I wouldn't worry too much about that one. We're gonna come and get David. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for the question. Tax-free growth on your investments for life. That's what a Roth IRA provides. Learn more about what Kiplinger calls one of the smartest money moves a young person can make. Download the Ultimate Guide to Roth IRAs for free from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. And subscribe to the YMYW newsletter there in the show notes as well so that the latest podcasts and TV episodes show up right in your inbox. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to download that Ultimate Guide to Roth IRAs, read the transcript of today's episode, and subscribe to the YMYW newsletter. It's all free, and it's all courtesy of your money, your wealth, and pure financial advisors. Share this stuff and help us spread the YMYW word, won't you please? Now, you remember back in episode 368, we got a comment saying that YMYW would be better with different hosts? Well, that works out well since Joe is now on vacation. Next week, we're going to see how Kyle Stacy, CFP from Pure Financial Advisors, does filling Joe's shoes. First, we're going to test the waters right now and give Kyle a Roth conversion question. All right. So our first question is from Steve in Seattle, Washington. He says, hello, Big Al, Joe and Andy. I have a question for you concerning Roth conversions. It's a favorite here on YMYW. First, the important facts. Now, Kyle, I don't know if you actually listen to the podcast or not, but we ask people to tell us what they drive and what they drink and what kind of pet they have so that we can really fully understand their entire situation. So Steve says he drives a 1971 Toyota FJ40 Land Cruiser, and he likes to sip on Glen Morangi, the Quinta Ruban, when he can find it. Here's the background for my question. I turned 60 last year. Throughout my career, all of my retirement savings have been in traditional 401k and 457s. I also have an individual Roth, which I normally fund with however much I can afford and fully funded last year. 
Late last year, I started running my retirement numbers and discovered that my RMDs will put me fully in the 24% tax bracket for the rest of my life, soon to be 28% or whatever else Congress decides on. I ran a number of scenarios and decided to convert all of my current traditional 457 to a Roth 457. I will leave my traditional 401ks alone because they will leave me with small manageable RMDs. Last year, I converted to the top of the 24% bracket. The conversions will continue to the top of the 24% bracket for three years. Then I'll reevaluate and might convert more in a lower tax bracket in order to avoid IRMA limits after I turn 63. This January, I was using my favorite tax software, which told me I was not eligible to contribute to an individual Roth because of the high income related to the conversion. I contacted my broker and he had the 2021 contributions and earnings returned. Later, I needed some tax prep help for the Roth return in the tax software and posted a question on their forum. A quote unquote tax specialist there told me that Roth conversions don't count towards the income limit for individual Roth contributions. Can you enlighten me on this? If I convert to the top of the 24% bracket, can I still make individual Roth contributions or not? Thank you for your YMYW podcasts. I truly enjoy them. I may write up my whole plan for your spitball review at some point. That's Steve from Seattle, Washington. Wow, the whole plan. That could take a whole show. Maybe. Really? We'll see. <laughs> It'll so, be a different type of show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Steve, uh, so these are good questions and maybe let's let's kind of do a little bit of background here. So when, when people have a lot of money in an IRA or a 401k, they got a tax deduction uh, going in, but as they pull the money out in retirement or they're required to take it out at age 72, that's a required minimum distribution, they have to pay ordinary income on what they pull out. So sometimes people want to go ahead and do a conversion. They take some of that IRA money, 401k money, they convert it to a Roth IRA. They pay tax on the conversion, a one-time tax, but then any money they take out of the, IRA, of the Roth IRA in the future is going to be tax-free, whether it's principal income, growth, whatever it may be. And it's tax-free for the, for the taxpayer, taxpayer's spouse, taxpayer's kids, beneficiaries. So when you're in a low enough tax bracket, currently relative to where you're going to be in the future, you want to think about doing conversions. And Steve, I congratulate you on that. You converted up to the top of the 24% bracket and you've, uh, you've already identified in 2026, the tax rates come back. You'll probably be in the 25 or 28% bracket. In some cases, now you live in Washington, you don't have any state taxes. If you lived in California, you know, that income level, you'd be subject to alternative minimum tax, which would be more like a 35% bracket. So Kyle, the, the question was, uh, is he eligible to do a Roth contribution uh, be, because his income is too high because of the Roth conversion? It's going to depend a little bit. The short answer is no, the Roth conversions don't count toward your eligibility to make a Roth IRA contribution. But we also don't know what his income was prior to the conversion. Correct. Right? We need to know his adjusted gross income prior to that. So I would say it's no overall, but it depends on your situation. Yeah. So, so the, the takeaway here is that when you do a Roth conversion, it does not count. In it, as, far as, as far as your modified adjusted gross income in determining whether you can do a Roth contribution. And if your tax software told you you were not eligible, it probably just means you didn't click a certain box in the software. So it knew it was a Roth conversion because you'd have to do that. Otherwise it wouldn't know that. So the tax specialist, as Andy said, the quote unquote tax specialist is correct. In other words, you do not have to count that Roth conversion income in the modified adjusted gross income. And the limits, I think, this year are somewhere around 
125 to 140,000 for a single and somewhere around 200,000 to 210. I might be off a thousand bucks here or there, but somewhere in that range for married. Yeah, you got it. It's too bad you took it out because you probably could have left it in as long as your modified adjusted gross income was low enough to, to be able to qualify. Yep. Okay. Andy, do we have a quick question? We do have a very short question. Uh, let's see. It is uh, at the bottom of page two. This is from Douglas. He said, my wife is retiring at 58 from a Utah school district. How will her pension be taxed? That is a short question. Very <laughs> yeah. good. What, but, what do you think, Kyle? Oh, man, that's that. I guess I don't know what pension system she's coming from in Utah, but uh, I would have to do some digging on that one. I don't have an answer for that. Well, I'm, I'm going to spitball and guess. In general, when you're getting a pension plan from an employer, government, school district, whatever it may be, generally it's taxable as ordinary income. So it's taxed in a similar manner as your salary with one major exception. And that is it's not subject to, to social security taxes and other you know, state disability, should you have mm -hmm. that. Uh, but generally a, a pension plan that, you, that you're, you're getting money from is taxable as ordinary income. Now there could be some ex exceptions, maybe if there was some money that you put into the pension plan where you didn't right. get a tax break, maybe mm -hmm. some of that could be tax-free. Yeah. Every once in a while, there's after-tax contributions that go into those pension systems. And part of the pension is actually kind of bifurcated into tax-free money. Yeah. And typically, if you have that situation upon retirement, the, the school district or whatever agency it is will tell you how much of your pension is taxable versus not. But in general, it's fully taxable unless you have some basis. It does happen from time to time. It's, it's a little bit rare, but, but it does happen. So for planning purposes, I would say that you, you, it's probably going to be taxable. So uh, Douglas, thanks for the answer. You're listening to Your Money, Your Wealth. Tune in next week to hear Big Al Clopine and Kyle Stacy CFP spitball on pension and social security, self-employed retirement, police officer retirement, an employee stock ownership plan, emergency funds, and they'll take on Rick Edelman and Dave Ramsey. Make sure you're subscribed. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call us at 888-994-6257 and schedule a free financial assessment. You can do it whenever it's convenient for you, no matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure Financial Advisors can identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.